Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. My name is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica. And today is Sunday, the 10th of May, and it is Mother's Day in the United States. And I hope anyone who is celebrating has had a lovely day as best as possible under the bizarre circumstances that we find ourselves in. So, in any event, um, it is a very, very powerful week ahead. <laughs> we have a lot going on. So let's talk about everything. Um, we had a full moon the other night, and it was in Scorpio. And that moon went into Scorpio, oh, you know, wee hours Wednesday morning, and Thursday and stayed, you know, for part of part of Friday. And it was it was really exhausting. And I think the exhaustion started at on Tuesday. And, you know, this Scorpio moon was was very good in some respects where it was, you know, powerful and sensual and and it was making a beautiful aspect to Neptune. But one of the things that I have to mention is that so many people said to me, oh my God, I feel so drained. Oh, I'm exhausted. And I felt exhausted. And I felt uh, just, you know, like I wasn't moving forward and, and just kind of, kind of, you know, drained. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Drained. Um, and it was, it was really as if a lot of energy was just uh, used up to do small things. So maybe you had to just, you know, do something, do a task or an errand or write an email or even, even something small like that. And it just felt really, really, uh, just everything felt heavier than it should have. So maybe all that water in the sky gave us the experience of that heaviness. But I had, I had one person say to me the other night, you know, the energy during the week felt like on the one hand, Debussy, and then on the other hand, Wagner, which I laugh. I laughed about and I still laugh about because that's that was really accurate, you know, especially when the sun has been in Taurus and that's that's like, you know, Debussy, so beautiful, so French, so lively, so you know, so so sensitive and sensual and and then there was Wagner, which was dramatic and intense and and the Scorpio part of the full moon, you know. So and then I had a Scorpio friend who got bitten by a Scorpio, scorpion. So I have a Scorpio friend that was bitten by a scorpion during the Scorpio full moon. So that's just, you know, <laughs> you can't, can't make it up. <laughs> so she's doing fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so that was her. She didn't look good earlier in the week, but Anyway, um, onward, away from the Scorpio moon. Um, the moon does not like to be in Scorpio. And even though we had this lovely Neptune, um, it's, it's really been, it's been really intense. So we move forward to this week and uh, lots and lots and lots going on. So Saturn is turning retrograde the wee hours of tomorrow, but in Costa Rica here, in Costa Rica, it will happen about 10 o'clock tonight, which is about midnight, a little after midnight in the East Coast of the U.S. And so Saturn is one. Then on 
Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday. It, it, no, it's not really Tuesday night. It's really Wednesday morning, um, 2.45 a.m. Um, Venus will turn retrograde. So Saturn's in Aquarius turning retrograde. Venus is in Gemini turning retrograde. They're both air signs. So the the thoughts and the in, instincts and the and the talking and the communication, very, very interesting. And the, the, the analysis, all sort of kind of going inward. Then there's Jupiter, which is, as we know, in Capricorn, which will retrograde 10.30 a.m. on Thursday Eastern Time. So this is a very, very uh, shift-oriented week. And this week is not... Um, I think we're going to go through a lot of phases. Uh, it's not like a lighthearted week. I think that I've already seen Venus, um, not physically, but I'm seeing it in people's relationships. I'm hearing about it through people's dialogue and just what people are doing or thinking or about their relationships. So here we are. Um, and Venus is really very much about both love and money. And Jupiter is about money, too. And they go retrograde within 24 hours of each other on the 13th and the 14th. So they are really, they, they are talking to us about money and what we need to do. And, and there are times such as these when we need to kind of go in and figure out our finances and think about how we want to handle things financially. Um, in the meantime, you know, Saturn is you know, duty and discipline and responsibility. But what's what's powerful and interesting here is, okay, so let's remember where everybody is. Pluto went retrograde on the 26th of April. And Saturn had met with Pluto early in the year, as if you haven't heard me say that enough. Um, Saturn's in Aquarius, but is going to go back into Capricorn. Won't do that till the beginning of July. But in the meantime, it is spending this time in Aquarius, but it's headed back and it's going to visit, you know, the Capricorn Plutonian area that it was in earlier this year. Now, it went into Aquarius in March. So the the moments after the conjunction with Pluto in the end of January and then in February, that's what we're going to start to look at. And that was the beginning of the current situation we're in. And Saturn is not going to visit with Pluto again. It's going to get close, but it will not go all the way back. Um, Pluto is going to go back to that degree, 22 degrees of Capricorn, where it merged with Saturn on January 12th. So, but more on that in a minute. Um, Saturn is really just going to go to about 26 and then turn around and come back and then go into Aquarius for good. So, but let's face it, Saturn is visiting Capricorn again, the sign it rules. And it is going to go ahead and remind us of things that we have been through in these months. And that is what we can start to expect. So Saturn, you know, Saturn goes retrograde every year for four or five months and really five months. And it's, it's going to be retrograde in part of partially through Aquarius. And like I said, and then partially back into Capricorn and then it'll go direct in Capricorn. And when it does this, it's sort of straddling both signs. It's, it's, and it, you know, used to be the ruler of Aquarius before they discovered Uranus. So Saturn, Saturn's happy with both of these signs. And so when we start to look at uh, how Saturn starts moving, this is something that we, we really need to uh, 
remember because we're going to get reminded of everything that happened. So if you were having any sort of major uh, life events go on in February and then January, then you can look forward to revisiting that stuff. And, and maybe your views have changed. Now remember, Saturn left and then this whole pandemic started, okay? And Saturn, well, Saturn was like gearing up for the pandemic and we didn't, the pandemic was not as global when Saturn and Pluto met, but it was happening. Now, what we're looking at is Saturn revisiting the area. And so when people think back to how they were and their lives were going a certain way, and then they start to look at it, from a new perspective, which is what's going to happen because this is it. We're, we're looking at a, a different perspective. They're going to change their minds about stuff. So wherever you are, whatever part of the world that you're in, whatever you were going through back in, back in January, February, maybe there was something um, where you, your heart and soul was committed to it or you had a very strong political opinion, which could very well be with Saturn in those signs. And it won't necessarily be the same political opinion once we get later in the year. Saturn will go back into Aquarius, but that'll be December. And that's when it starts to meet up with Jupiter. But in the meantime, you know, the United States is going to have an election and there's going to be campaigns and there's going to be, you know, conventions, however they plan to do them. But there's going to be activity politically in the United States for sure. And I'm sure in other places as well where they're going to be voting and campaigning. And so people's opinions may strongly change based on this pandemic. People's opinions may uh, even get harder. And uh, yes, I'm staying right where I was, you know. But there's a lot to review. We always review with a retrograde planet. And so we're reviewing Saturn. And so we're looking at this incredible week where we've got three planets going retrograde. And this is not something to to ignore because it's very, very potent. On some level, because they're doing this at the same time, they are connected to one another. Meaning, even though they're in three different signs, their their cycles are hooking up in a certain way. And so we have to pay attention to that. Mostly because Saturn and Jupiter are going to connect at the end of the year for the first time in 20 years. So this is very important. Venus, however, doesn't retrograde but once every 18 months. So last year she didn't retrograde at all. She was retrograde the end of 2018, and that was during that election. And so she was retrograde in Scorpio and then a bit of Libra. But Venus is now going to be retrograde in Gemini. And there is this duality. There is this, uh, you know, uh, of being of two minds, um, maybe you're in a relationship that requires you to be of two minds. Maybe you are in some sort of, you know, conundrum where you have to make up your mind and you've got two views. Maybe you're in two relationships. Maybe you're in a triangle. Maybe you are, you've got things going on with coworkers and colleagues that you have to be of two minds. This is very important to be aware of during this time. Now, as I said, I'm starting to see lots of relationship things surface between people and people talking, oh, you know, my husband's been weird lately or my, my, um, there's something 
strange going on. You know, I'm starting to hear from this old uh, boyfriend or something like that. Yeah, people come out of the woodwork when Venus goes retrograde. People, even friends, you know, you might haven't heard, maybe you haven't heard from a friend in a long time. And you'll hear from them like, wow, hey, maybe you have a Gemini friend you haven't heard from in a long time. And that's really when you might start to feel you're going to uh, hear from them or you've run into them. But the thing is that um, Venus is about, is really stopping and it's about 22, 23 degrees and it's not, it's not moving forward um, very much anymore. If it is, it's very slow. It's pretty, it's stopping. Saturn stopped, Venus is stopping and, and Jupiter's stopping. And one of the things that we're paying attention to here is that, um, you know, Venus, Venus is always, you know, brings up the relationship stuff. And if you need to do some review of your relationships and even your relationship with yourself, which is very important, because let's face it, if we don't have self-love, you know, how can we love another? So I suggest that you start looking at your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your mind, your mental energy, because that's what Gemini represents and your relationship with how you communicate and, and converse with people because Venus retrograde, even though it's not Mercury, it's in Mercury's sign. And guess what? tomorrow Mercury moves into Gemini. So now, you know, I said Mercury was going to zip through Taurus and it's zipped through Taurus. And tomorrow afternoon, well, it's just about a little before 6 p.m. Eastern time, Mercury will go into its own sign of Gemini, which means it rules the heavens and it rules the Venus and they are going to be having a conversation. And Venus and Mercury are like, yeah, hey, we're on the same page. And so this is this is something we want to pay attention to. The communications and relationships are vitally important right now. And if you feel like you your partner's not hearing you, your boss is not hearing you, your mother's not hearing you, your kids aren't hearing you, you really need to like up your game and figure out what's going on. And you really want to be sure that what you are communicating about is exactly what you want. Now, sometimes when Venus goes retrograde and then there's Mercury hanging around there, we say, you know, because Venus is what we desire. And if you, it goes retrograde and you weren't sure what you wanted before, you're thinking, wow, maybe I don't want that anymore. And maybe I have to review what I want. And this might be something like completely different this time. And that's fine. <laughs> but don't make a firm decision about that until Venus goes direct at the end of June. And Venus will go direct about the 25th of June. And that's in the middle of the night again, <laughs> 2.48 a.m. But it's interesting. It's going to go retrograde at 2.45 a.m. and then go direct at 2.48 a.m. The other thing is, you know, people are like I think that they're going to start lifting some restrictions they have here at least a little bit and I think people are going to reunite with their friends and that's something during a Venus retrograde that's very important it's like we're going to see our friends and our colleagues again we haven't physically set eyes on them except through a computer screen or just like hearing their voice but we haven't seen anybody and so that's something to be considered then also 
what they could also do is like, uh oh, things are things aren't looking good. We got to up the restrictions, <laughs> and and it's it's like we go backwards because Venus is going backwards, so the social thing goes backwards. It's uh, anybody's guess at this point. I do remember, and I think I've said this before, and it's I'm sorry if it's a repeated story. The Venus retrograde of 2000, December 2005, when I was in New York, and there was the transit strike, and nobody could go to their Christmas parties because Venus was retrograde, and there was the transit strike, and you know, I mean, you think, well, what is Venus retrograde? Well, nobody could go; they weren't partying. <laughs> they could hardly get to work because they couldn't get on the train, and everybody had a carpool and a taxi, and there was so much traffic that it took you hours to get home. So it's not it's not a simple thing it it's this is a the venus retrograde is always a little complicated and how how it manifests it is in gemini so there may be like i said a duality here um mercury is going to be visiting so this is going to be very interesting jupiter is in lovely capricorn as we know and has been there for a while and you know these months since like december and we know that jupiter's been busy jupiter is you know has met with pluto and so remember there's going to be three jupiter plutos this year and because there's three jupiter plutos um that means that there's one of them is going to happen while there's the retrogrades and that's going to be the one on june 30th so shortly after venus goes direct pluto and jupiter are going to meet up again and so the interesting thing here is that jupiter is going backwards it you know pluto went a few weeks ago and jupiter's going backwards and the interesting thing is that now we're going to see they met at 24 they met at 24 degrees on april 4th and Jupiter is now at 27. So Jupiter whizzed past Pluto, and it's going to go back, and they're going to visit one another again at the end of June. And what's going to happen is that they're going to be at that 24-degree mark again. So Jupiter and Pluto will be back at 24, where they met on April 4th. So the continuing story of Jupiter and Pluto, another chapter, evolves on June 30th. And so that's very important. We want to pay attention to that. And whatever your Jupiter-Pluto story is and how that's going to manifest. Now, Jupiter is going to be retrograde for a while. Um, it won't direct itself till around the 12th of September. And then we're, we're already in Mars retrograde by that time. So there's, you know, this is normal for Jupiter. This is Jupiter's normal retrograde time. But What's going to happen is Jupiter, so like I said, Jupiter and Pluto will meet up and they'll have that second meeting at 24 degrees. And so they're both, Pluto and Jupiter are going to be retrograde. There is this internal journey. There is this message that we'll all get at the end of June that comes very powerfully as Venus goes direct and Jupiter and Pluto sit together again. And so what does that mean? That means that you're in chapter two. So we're working towards that Jupiter-Pluto expansion transformation that we, we all know we need to do this year. And so the Jupiter-Pluto is saying, hey, you know, remember what you started back in April. Remember your ideas from back in April. Let's let's keep going with that. And by the way, here's a check-in. How are we doing with all of those? How do we feel about any of that? Do we feel like we're accomplishing things is that is it good are we accomplishing what we set out to accomplish and if not what is it that we need to do next 
And I have a very good feeling about Jupiter and Pluto. I feel intuitively that it's a benefit for us and that we, it's intense for sure. And this week is just going to be, you know, this is it folks. We're in intense, we're in an intense year. And if you watched my 75 minute year ahead 2020 video that you can purchase from my website, you know that it's going to be one thing after another. And you know, Venus is going to be retrograde all through June, through most of June, but then we're going to start having eclipses next month as well. So let's not get ahead of ourselves, but by the time the third chapter of Jupiter and Pluto happens in mid-November, they will be back at 22 degrees. They will have retrograded back and both have moved forward and they will have moved forward and meet again for the last time you know, they won't meet again for another 13 years or so, 12, 13 years. So the last time they're going to meet in mid-November, they will meet at 22 degrees of Capricorn, which is where Saturn and Pluto met on January 12th. This is important. That's a hot degree. That is historically now a hot degree. So we may get some answers about all this, you know, pandemic. We may get some answers about what's going on in our lives that started back then. We may get relieved and released from what started back in January. We may have a recurrence of something that happened back in January. And if it's something good, well, then I hope for you that something good happens again. I think that we have to use this Jupiter-Pluto for good things in our lives. And we've got to stay optimistic. Now, um, there is, uh, so there is another, there's, well, let me get, let me stay with Jupiter Pluto for, for a moment because the sun on Friday the 15th is going to trine Pluto. So the sun's in Taurus and the sun is in the earth sign of Taurus and it's going to have a very lovely aspect with Pluto because it's nearing, it's finishing its journey in Taurus. And this Friday, this coming Friday, it will make this lovely aspect with Pluto and then two days later make the same lovely aspect on the 17th which is next Sunday with Jupiter. So you're going to get reminded of what started this and what you're doing and how you're doing it. The how, what are you expanding in your life? How are you making this happen? What are you making happen in your life? How is that? Is that good? Yeah. Okay, so let's let's keep going. So the sun is illumination. The sun is a life force. The life force of the sun, the illumination of the sun is going to give us some enlightening information about Pluto and about Jupiter. And they are, I've been talking to one another, and they are really, um, you know, going to giving, to be giving us something something new and refreshing. So let's let's embrace this energy. A weird week. Expect some topsy-turvy things to occur. Expect that you're going to feel some topsy-turvy stuff. Things are going retrograde. You might feel like you're being, you know, going backwards in some respects. You might be feeling like you're twisted into a pretzel. What story did you start this year that you're going back to visit again? Is I I I have an excited feeling but I have a feeling that, you know, there's going to be things to, you know, not hardships necessarily, but there's going to be things to work out. I mean, they don't go retrograde for nothing. <laughs> Venus is asking us to go back and look at stuff and maybe take a hard look at stuff that we didn't notice before. But I think that the energy's cooperating and we are 
we are moving along to learn something. Now, there's a lot of Gemini in the air, and that's why I'm saying we're learning something. Because Mercury's going into Gemini tomorrow. Venus is already in Gemini. Next week, the sun is going to make start its journey into Gemini on the 20th. So it's already, you know, we're already at the, tomorrow's the 11th. By the 20th of May, Venus, I mean, I'm sorry, the sun is going to be in its, its annual journey to Gemini. So that's three planets in Gemini. And guess what? The, the nodes have changed signs. What are the lunar nodes? The lunar nodes are points, not planets. And they change signs every 18 months. So they have left Capricorn and Cancer, where they were for 18 months. And the nodes are, the south node is where, remember, where old habits die hard, where we reach for something thinking we're going to get fulfillment, and it's not necessarily the case. Where we go, we get shoved back to the north node, where that is where the fulfillment comes from. So what's happening is the north node's in Gemini, the south node is in Sagittarius. So now we're going to have the Mercury, the Venus, and next week the sun and the north node, all in Gemini. So this is, this is very positive and optimistic. These are bright planets. These are planets that are, you know, energetic. Uh, they're the inner planets. The sun is illuminating, but... We've just been through the south node with Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter, and that's why things have been so so confounding and so dark and so complicated, you know, and now we can say that the energy is lifting because things are shifting. Last summer, we spent most of the time in the spring, Saturn on the south node. Gosh, that was hard. That was hard. And really, like, breaking old habits and stopping digging into the old habits and making sure that we didn't get, you know, um, that we, that we really didn't get sucked into that vortex. And this time we don't have to worry about that because there's nothing in Sagittarius right now. Oh, the moon will go there eventually, you know, not for a little while yet because it was just there yesterday, but you know, it was, it visited the node over the weekend, but that, you know, we're dealing with now things at the North Node, this is a very different energy. The North Node is where the fulfillment is. The North Node is where we have to focus our direction. Before we had to focus it on the Cancerian house, which is, you know, where we want to be family-oriented and rooted and secure and grounded and, and you know, welcoming, welcoming to people. And it was hard because we kept getting pulled back into that South Node. This is different. This is where we can start to look at direction. And form our own opinions because there's a lot of opinions out there. Now, Sagittarius is the sign, while yes, it rules travel and it rules, you know, uh, philosophies and teachers, um, Gemini is the place where thoughts and communication happen. And it's important to be thoughtful and communicative now. And when I say thoughtful, I want everyone to focus on their own thoughts, their own ideas, their own communications, and form their own opinions about stuff instead of, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there right now about why this is happening, about what causes it, about, you know, who's doing what and conspiracy theories and this and that, and some of it may be true, and some of it may not be true, and who knows, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to find out. So... Um, there is a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of voices out there right now. And so the voice you need to listen to is yours. Your brain, your gut, your mind, your heart. Venus is in Gemini. The North Node's in Gemini. Your heart, your heart wants to be heard. So, you know, the, the, the Sun, the Venus, the Mercury, the North Node, we're going in a direction of thoughts and and articulation and writing and speaking and conversation and clear and open conversation because my teacher my former teacher Michael Luton has a lot of things on his website lately about how remember I kept saying the occultation last year every time the moon was in Capricorn it occulted Saturn and Pluto meaning there was a veil and we didn't get to see Saturn and Pluto's light because the moon was in the way and where's my transformation what happened um, he says that there were secret conversations going on behind closed doors and closed curtains and behind veils. And he is he is talking about that on his website, Michael Luton. So um, now it's time for open communications, open ideas, open forums for brainstorming, for coming together with I, new bright ideas. And so that's where we want to take our energy. Forget the conspiracies. Forget why something is going on. Use your energy wisely to calm your mind and center and focus it. Of course, I always tell people to meditate, but this is, you want to own your mind and take it in the direction you need it to take go to. You don't want the chatter, the noise of all the other opinions and news outlets to be weighing down your brain and your soul because that's what's, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to look forward to our own thoughts and our own instincts about things. The South Node in Sagittarius wants to be educated and then tosses out the education. So you, in these times, you have to educate yourself in many ways. You have to go out there and look for your own what resonates to you for your own life and what is meaningful to you and embrace your own intelligence. We're all intelligent on some level. We have different levels of intelligence in the world and we all have special ideas and intelligence about our own specialty, you know. Um, and that's what you want to look at. What, what makes your brain sing and what's on your mind that you can speak up about and, and don't, don't, necessarily buy into a lot of other people's opinions and the you know how that can how that can affect you just be very aware but not you know just don't buy into everything and that's about it so the moon is in capricorn all day today capricorn tomorrow and the moon stays in capricorn till it goes void it's still in Capricorn, 6.30 a.m. Then it goes into Aquarius at 11.30 a.m. This is all Eastern time on Tuesday. Wednesday, we're still, the moon is in Aquarius. And Mars changes signs on Wednesday. So Mars is leaving Aquarius and going into Pisces. And Mars in Pisces is interesting. <laughs> it doesn't love Pisces. It's it's okay. It's not, it's not in a bad place in Pisces so much as it's a little tricky. Mars and Pisces is a little tricky. So it's going to be there for a little while and it's going to go into Aries and it's going to be in Aries for a long time. But really, when Mars goes into Pisces on Wednesday, it, and it's going to be Tuesday night here, but Wednesday, Mar it's, it's just 
watch anything that could be a little underhanded. Watch anything that you might get fooled. Um, Mars is an assertive planet and Pisces is not an assertive sign. So when Mars goes into Pisces on Wednesday and stays there for a good six weeks, it's basically, you know, it's a good time for sports and exercise and healing and, you know, anything like when Mars in Pisces participates in sports, it's like, you know, soccer players like ballet, you know, like the, the best soccer players who can, who are elegant, you know, that's, that's the ideal of Mars and Pisces solving mysteries. That's a good Mars and Pisces thing. But remember that Mars is, Mars is often an act of war or an act of, um, warriorness and, you know, there, oh, Pisces is a hidden sign. Pisces is the sign that's, you know, in the closet in the basement somewhere. So what you need to do is be very aware of the energy surrounding you while Mars is in Pisces. And the other weird thing that happens is when people assert themselves while Mars is in Pisces, especially if you have Mars in Pisces, you, what often happens is somebody says, hey, you don't have to be so, you know, rough about that. And you're like, I didn't. That wasn't rough. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's a slippery Mars. That means that Mars is like asserting itself in a tricky way. So watch out for the tricksters. Watch out for the tricksters in the next six weeks and form your own opinions. Um, moon in Aquarius, it goes void Thursday, 10 a.m. And then <laughs> pretty much is void all day Thursday till 930 when it goes, the moon goes into Pisces on Thursday evening. That's Eastern time. Stays in Pisces for a couple of days, Friday, Saturday, and then the moon will go into Aries Sunday morning next week. So two planets change signs this week. Three planets go retrograde. This is a powerful week. Watch everything. Watch what happens. Take note. Make journal entries. Um, journal entries. Entries in your journal. Um, and I don't mean accounting-wise. <laughs> like Write it down. Even if it's small, write it down. And pay attention. And see where it takes you. And watch your story. You know your story from the year so far. Unravel your story. What has this all got to do with your story? So I wish you a lovely week. This is Deb McBride. This is the Golden Astrologer podcast. I'm at thegoldenastrologer.com and on Instagram as well, the Golden Astrologer at Deb Astrology on Twitter. And please have a look at my website. I'll be putting up a blog about these this week. So thank you very much for listening. Have a beautiful week.